This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier Reese. Pastor X, how are we doing today? Doing good, Tony. Amen. Welcome to April, everybody. Yeah, also good. in the studio with us this morning, our production engineer, Jonathan Durant. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 231, 231. Amen. Amen. Ray Miranda and Pastor Sam Torado helping us with video and audio today. Pastor X, recently we've uh, initiated an examination of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And there's, goodness, there's a lot of material yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, we want to take some time to really kind of get a big picture overview, examining, comparing, and contrasting uh, not only the work of the Spirit, but some of the unfortunate ideas people have concerning the Spirit, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And uh, we're hopeful the Lord will give people clarity and understanding from the Scripture to be able to go forward. Is there, Pastor Xavier, is there an easy way to characterize the importance of the Holy Spirit as far as developing and maturing uh, the Christian life of the believer? Well, he's the agent that God has given to do that. The Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Holy Spirit, as well as the Father, if you read John 14, 15, 16. Right. Um, but the third person of the Trinity is the one that um, um, allows a person to understand the gospel, be convicted, and be born again. And then once born again, to continue that life of transformation by the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, born again, regenerated, they speak of the same thing. Yeah. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit that does that. Without that power of the Holy Spirit, um, man would be lost. So he's the one that really administers um, the salvation of man in this age of grace. Amen. You mentioned that passage in uh, the Gospel of John 14, 15, and 16. And there's some really important passages in that section of John right. reveal the, the Holy Spirit in a very specific light and perspective. This really had to be what the disciples needed as they spent that last night with Jesus. Sure, well, you know, they're freaking out. They're, he's going to leave, and all of a sudden, they're just, uh, they've been with him for about three and a half years, and all of a sudden, you know, he's going to go away. What do you mean he's going to go away? Yeah. And so he uh, directs them to the offices. We'll look through the study today. Uh, the various aspects of the person of the Holy Spirit, the things he would do, who he is, what he does, how he does them, and uh, what is the basis on which he does them, and um, that, uh, that they would depend upon him as they depend upon Christ. Yeah. Um, uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are both God, the Father's God. Uh, the three persons of Godhead, they're all the same essence, the same nature, but different administrative roles for the, um, the uh, role of salvation. Uh, but they're all, they're all God. Amen. It's interesting that Jesus uses the, the word, uh, the, the comforter, yeah. as he speaks about the Holy Spirit. Right. But then he also meant, calls him another. Right. Um, interesting that he uses right. that word another. Well, another mean of the same, another of a, a, a number, but of the same kind. Okay. So it, the word is allos, it's not heteros, uh, different, but they're different in, in number. Um, but they're same in source and nature. Amen. So they're all God, but they're distinct, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to send you another one, just the same as I in source yes. and nature and essence, but the third person of the Trinity. And so he says that in John 14, 16, he says uh, um, that he may abide with you. I'm going to send you another comment, he may abide with you forever. And so again, he's leaving. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is going to be sent. And sometimes um, people use this, try to use this, uh, especially in Calvinists, they try to use, um, uh, he will be with you forever with mm. the fact that um, uh, you're eternally secure, where it's a, really a, a distortion of the context. It, the, the context is a contrast. Jesus came for a short time, and he was going to leave and go back to the Father. The Holy Spirit was going to come, and never be removed okay. like Jesus. So that's the context. It has nothing to do with security or anything else. Right. But of course, Calvinists will always put a round peg in a square hole 
as long as even if they have to smack it in there. Yeah, um, it that's the problem. Purpose. Um, he uses a lot of descriptive language in there, though, specifically. And I think, you know, the purpose has to be these guys, as you said, they're kind of freaking out. Sure, sure, know? sure, sure. And so he's trying to communicate these important aspects to the disciples. Yeah. Um, do, you think, <laughs> do you think these guys really understood what was going on, Pastor X? Well, not that, not completely. I mean, you stop and think about, you know, um, just like a, a child is growing, you know, you have children, you're raising them, and, you know, you're instructing and guiding them and trying to lead them along. They're children. That's why you're the parent. And uh, some things that you can foresee that are necessary for them, they may not understand the necessity of that, and they may freak out now, but you, you, you put them through it because, you know, the benefit long-term-wise is better. And they'll understand then. They won't right now. And that's just part of the same thing with them. They had been with him for three, three and a half years, and all of a sudden he's talking about leaving. Um, but, you know, he, he mentioned his death and resurrection all the way from Caesarea Philippi um, towards the you know, walking towards Jerusalem, and they never, they never got that. Yeah. And yet he never mentioned his death without his resurrection. And so, once again, um, another aspect of importance when the Holy Spirit would come uh, he would open up our understanding. He would be the instructor, the illuminator, and, and the one to make all truth uh, real. Um, in fact, he's called the spirit of truth in John 14, 17, 15, 26, and Amen. 16, 13. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the spirit of truth. So in other words, he only speaks and directs us to the words of Jesus. Yes. And the truth about Jesus, the Holy Spirit doesn't add uh, to the scripture, doesn't take away from the scriptures, doesn't um, describe or define Jesus in a other form or in more additional forms. He just sheds light on the scripture that we have. Very important. Something, something you said, you know, about the nature of a parent to a child, the fact that they, you know, there, there are many things about parenting that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Where you have to acquaint your child with a situation, or you have to even discipline your child. Right. But you recognize that it's for their benefit. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of parents have trouble with that. They, in fact, they won't do it. Sure. You know, they will actually allow their child to suffer the consequences. Whereas if they had intervened to provide in necessary instruction, they could right. have saved their child. Yeah. And fortunately for us, God is a very good parent. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that you're born again so that you depend on the Lord. Um, you know, there was a time in, in society where um, men and women and those in authority um, were people of character and truth for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Um, the men were still lost. But we can look back at periods of history where uh, civilization was moral, ethical, though sin was still around and everything else. But there was an orderly manner and a consequential action brought to a person who broke those laws. Yeah. And uh, because when you bring consequence, it deters bad conduct. Amen. Simple. Okay. If you uh, remove the consequences, then you destroy all authority. Yes. And so there was an expectation by, by children from children. Mm -hmm. to be and to do and to act a certain way so they can fit into society when they leave the home. Right. They are an asset to society and not a liability. Um, that has gone out the window. Um, it, it probably began, I mean, if we want to draw a little line um, from our perspective, maybe World War II after that. Yeah. You know, we came back and settled in our lees and um, all of a sudden it was just uh, good times and abundance and party and, and it led to the 60s, the sexual revolution, and then... Uh, anti-establishment with the um, Watergate and all, uh, the um, uh, discontent with the Vietnam War and all. And so everything kind of just started falling apart. And, and, and uh, it just started becoming, it was moving very fast to an amoral society. Amen. Um, probably when we cross the year 2000, you can probably put that mark as a watershed of an amoral society. We, we have gone, um, um, totally subjective, all objective truth has been um, eliminated or marginalized or totally denied. Amen. And, and that's, a, that's a sad Yeah, case. I wish you were wrong, but I think you're right. And we were actually, we were talking about that this morning at our staff meeting about the failure to punish criminal conduct sure. creates a massive 
amount of criminal conduct. Yeah. Yeah. So that people, I mean, the the elements of our in our culture that are contrary to the normal conduct of men and women are really allowed to go forward and spread out and take uh, hostages, you know, and every other kind of thing. It's really yeah, kind yeah. of terrifying. It's, an, it's on every level, too. I mean, um, there was a time when um, um, in school, even though I grew up in the 60s, mm -hmm. um, a, a teacher couldn't do certain things towards a child. Right. Um, and they certainly couldn't pass their political agendas or their yeah. um, their atheistic agenda. Um, you had to teach the three R's: writing, reading, and arithmetic. Yes. And uh, you had to be able to be able to sign your diploma or to make an application for a job. Um, today, uh, and if they did, they would be reprimanded by the school board. For yeah, that. or lose their jobs. Um, yeah. Right. And today, that isn't the case. Yeah. That's that's the same straight across. Um, when I was growing up, and um, um, I moved to Baldwin Park in 1962, um, um, there was a man across the street who was applying to the um, Los Angeles Police Department, mm -hmm. and uh, that was probably about 65. And uh, at that time, you could not be divorced. Wow! And be a police officer. Amazing. If you were divorced, you were disqualified from application. Amazing. Okay? Consequences. It held yeah. the, the department high with integrity. Yeah. As from the perspective of society, that these men are men of integrity, men of family, men you can trust and depend on. Um, but once those, the, when the bar has been lowered so much, the, the police department, fire department, and everything else, yeah. there is no expectation anymore. And all there is is the man of entitlement. And so you remove consequences, you destroy authority, and now you have a demand for personal rights mm -hmm. rather than protective rights under the Constitution. Yeah. And it becomes real chaotic. Yeah, and you no longer, you no longer have the, uh, the rule of law, unfortunately. No, no. Pretty, pretty no. tragic. Yeah. You know, at, but then the, now of course, the standard for the followers of Christ right. is much higher Sure. Than, than society sure. in sure. general. And God saves those people that are in that society. Yes. He saved us and all that. Yes. And though we see society decaying and, and, and being uh, destroyed to an extent, allowing it to be uh, very dangerous and chaotic, mm -hmm. we as Christians, we obey the laws of the land. Amen. We, we conform to it. Well, now, the, the scripture tells us right. to. The scripture tells us that. The only time we do not obey is when they would command us not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And certainly that goes along also with uh, using our brain that if they're demanding things that are dangerous for us or things that are um, experimental, even like the vaccine, yeah. I have the right to say no to it. Well, you do. In the okay. United States, you and have the right. That, that's, that's, that's the law that's given to us. You cannot yeah. give something that's experimental. No. And certainly um, um, we have that right to do so. Mm -hmm. So I will obey the, um, the governors um, of the land, the kings, whatever it says, it, those in authority, in as far as they're not going to contradict um, anything of the word of God, demand of me, and that also I have that freedom to choose. Amen. Because this is America. Yeah. And so when that is violated, then I, I, I don't submit to them. Uh, I submit myself to Jesus Christ. Yes. And thank the Lord, you know, your relationship with Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God. Sure. It's a great illustration reading through the scripture, and especially those, those three chapters in, at the end of uh, the Gospel of John, that without the Holy Spirit, we are really not capable of ordering our conduct to the Lord's purpose. I mean, we may no. be able to do no. okay. We talk about good moral pagans, people yeah. out there who yeah. keep the rules, dot the I's, cross the T's. They do good things. Yeah. And they, they follow what we might call common sense, but with the Holy Spirit of God, you can really honor God with your life. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Because he's working, you know, our body becomes the temple of God. Yeah. Uh, when Jesus is talking to them, um, you know, they're kind of freaked out there in John 14. He says, you yeah. know, stop being afraid. I mean, they were afraid. Yeah. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many abiding places. If it weren't so, I would have told you. And if I go, I go to prepare a place where I am there, you may be also. I will come back to receive you to myself. And so 
he reminds them that this is kind of like a, a, a relay race. The baton is passed to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he, he continues the work. That's cool. And, um, and, and you're not to be afraid. Um, see, Jesus, even when he was here on earth, he was limited for a set time. Before he came, he was God. Mm -hmm. Now, when he came, he was still God, except he limited himself by taking on a human body. Yeah. He couldn't be everywhere at the same time. When he left to go back to the Father, now the Holy Spirit is everywhere at the same time Amen. in the body of every believer doing the work in a much greater way. And you get the impression he's trying to express to them, right. this is really going to be right. a good thing for you guys. Right, right. Well, you know, when you get used to something and it works, yes. you, you don't want change. It's true. And, and the older you get, the, the worse it gets. You know what I mean? You don't You're like change. talking about that, huh? Yeah, we don't like changes. Yeah. Uh, what did you say before the broadcast? You, you only like the changes that you make. <laughs> yeah, my, my my whole family makes fun of me because I have this little phone. <laughs> they, they tell me it's archaic. I should get a big one. Well, the, I, I told, don't limit it to the family. The whole church staff makes fun of I me, told, too. I don't want to drive in theater. This is fine. I can call. I can face that. I'm fine. I don't need nothing else. You realize, of course, one of these days that the phone company is going to stop making that phone work. Yeah, it's okay. Then, then I'll get then my, two tink, to, right? my two tin cans and my string. Right. Yeah. I remember when you got that phone, you look at me, you go, this is my last phone. Yeah. That's it. That's I said, yeah. Well, that's you. You got to realize, of course, this is the guy who told us we're only going to buy one computer that's for the right. church that's right, back, in, back the, in the yeah. in the '80s. <laughs> Didn't quite work out. Good that times. Way. Amen. <laughs> Fortunately for us, you know, as the Lord speaking to the disciples and talking to them about the Spirit, He saw this coming. Oh yeah. He was yeah. preparing them. Sure. sure. You know, that's yeah. why He went so far back sure. to begin telling them sure. about the crucifixion and the resurrection. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't get it. But he's, he's preparing their heart. Yes. For the departure. Amen. Even as you look at the um, um, the world scene right now of um, this globalism. Yeah. Now we we've been teaching for. As a church here, 42 years in yeah. my life, for a good 49 years of the coming of the Lord, we know that there's going to come a one world government under one man, the Antichrist. Amen. The church is going to be removed. Uh, so we understand that we've been teaching this to prepare people. And now that it's come upon us two years ago with this globalism that has been um, played out since the 50s through many uh, pandemic scenarios yeah. throughout the world. Preparations. And preparation yeah. and leading to uh, control through vaccinations. Mm -hmm. um, this is nothing new. Uh, and so we understand this. Now, we never knew that it would come this way. Or this but, fast. But we know, <laughs> or this fast, but yeah. we knew it was coming. So yeah. for the believer who's grounded, this is the dress rehearsal for the Antichrist. Amen. This is in preparation. Um, now, if you're not grounded, some Christians believe that we're in the tribulation, which is totally crazy. No, yeah. The church would not be here, okay? Yeah. Uh, and if so, like Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, where's the Antichrist? Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Where's he at? And so, even though we, we could never expect the method of how it was implemented, mm -hmm. the very wise deception to have such an overreach to grab power and to deceive people, and to make them conform to their plan of reducing population. And to use health Controlling people. To do it. And using all the corporations, yeah. all the medias of Google, FaceTime, everything. All the major corporations, the medical community, mm -hmm. everything. This is, this is not an American phenomenon. This no. is a global phenomenon. Yeah. And so we understand this. Uh, it still shocks us, but it doesn't, it doesn't dismay us because we've already been told about it. Yeah. And so that's an important thing about Christians. If we know the Word of God, we have the schedule. Yeah. We just don't have the length of the schedule or the particulars at times. But we know that the church will be removed before the Antichrist comes. So can we go through difficult times? Of course. Yeah. The church has gone through horrific times throughout the church age. Um, um, just recently, you look at the cultural revolution of the church in China there yeah. with uh, Mao and how he um, just decimated and destroyed the church, went underground. And, uh, but the Christians who knew the Word of God survived. Um, and 
other, the Soviet Union when it was alive, yeah. you know. Well, um, the situation that's taken place in Afghanistan this, yeah. this past year, I mean. Yeah. Iran, yeah. Iran, yeah. many uh, Muslims are coming to Christ Jesus. Amen. And so uh, we can go through the very difficult times. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the, um, um, the Christians who went through the Holocaust, because they're mm -hmm. never mentioned, the focus is always on the Jew, and granted, they were the target, but they also killed Christians. Well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Anybody, great, yes. great example there. And so, you know, they, I'm sure that some of those Christians would have been well-founded in believing maybe we are going to go through tribulation sure. because Hitler even started giving tattoo numbers. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? But it was for a different reason. Right. But if you're right. grounded, you understand that couldn't be it. Right. Okay? Once again, the Antichrist was not present. Okay? Uh, it wasn't happening in Jerusalem. It was happening in Germany. Yeah. So again, knowing the Word of God keeps you from um, unnecessary anxiety. Amen. Uh, which brings That's un important. unnecessary sickness yeah. and debilitation to you mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Now these people understand this. That's why they isolated and told people to quarantine in their house. Isolation is the most destructive thing to an individual. Kind of feeds the fear issue, yep. doesn't it? The fear, the isolation, yeah. uh, not be able to gather and talk and figure out what's going on, connecting the dots. Yeah. And they did this. Mm -hmm. and, and it's still going on on a large scale. It's still going on because yeah. a lot of people have drank too much of the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And so, you know, these are things that we see. And so we preach the gospel that people may understand what the will of God is, what the plan of God is, and that um, uh, he is more than sufficient for the time and the hour. Uh, we have plenty of scripture, Esther, or Haman, Mordecai, you know. All those examples. Uh, all those examples. Daniel and the lion's den, you know. Um, yeah. God is sufficient, so we trust Him. But the Holy Spirit is the one that takes care of us through the Word of God. Amen. It's really kind of amazing to see the contrast that until the Holy Spirit, these, these men, the followers of Jesus, received the Holy Spirit, there was only so much Jesus could do. He could tell them the truth. He could, you know, instruct them. He could provide the information. But when the Holy Spirit arrives, the the change is really striking right 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 because now the holy spirit is in us yes. again we've made mention before that the holy spirit in the old testament was uh limited to certain people yes the kings priests um prophets and people of spe a special call like a holy heaven a bayou for the tabernacle but the holy spirit was not given to every israeli it was not in them their body was not the temple and so um, we, we in the New Testament now, when we're born again, the Spirit of Christ comes in us and our body becomes the temple of God, Paul tells the Corinthians. And so it's a, a whole different aspect of it. Now, both are the people of God from yeah. a different administration, yeah. a different perspective. In the Old Testament, the people of God are the wife of Yahweh who has committed adultery and put away by divorce. Uh, in the New Testament, we are the bride of Christ, Jew and Gentile one, looking for a wedding. So you have to make the distinction between the two and never conflate them because otherwise they'll fall prey to the um, doctrine of replacement theology. Yes. That um, God is through with Israel and now he deals only with the church. So all the promises, all the blessings of the Old Testament are now transferred to the church. That is not so. Do you think replacement theology had a lot to do with why people are so confused around eschatology and end times prophecy? Yeah, I think it came from the pit of hell. <laughs> Amen. Um, but uh, <laughs> again, um, it, it's always an attack against the scriptures. Yes. And yet there is also an attack against Israel constantly. Uh, at the end, it will be Israel who will be the one where uh, the Antichrist will set up the temple. He's the one that's going to just control everything. And then Israel will flee to the wilderness understanding yeah. the treachery. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're moving forward. We're, we're, uh, no one knows the day or the hour, but as we look at everything, we see what's going on, Russia flexing her muscles. Um, people want Putin to be um, uh, tried and all that. War well, crimes. Yeah. Well, there, there's war crimes going 
more war crimes being committed by the pharmaceutical company than, than Putin. Yeah, but unfortunately and those so, will never get any yes, traction. Right, right, and that's why they gave the emergency um, uh, uh, permission for the vaccine, yeah, yeah. Uh, relieving any liability. And, um, but now they, they say the doctors are giving ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Which, which is saying loud and clear that the solicitation for that licensing was totally illegal. Yeah. Because ivermectin was available, hydroxychloroquine was available, and it worked. They were treatments that right. worked. But yeah. they had to demonize it to solicitate the license and yeah. force people. Yeah. And demonize them, shame yeah. them, using the same tactics as Mao for the Cultural Revolution. Yeah, China's the model. Crazy of this globalism. You know, it's amazing, Pastor X. We look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit as as Christ lays out this information. There are so many things, so many facets of instruction, direction, empowerment, ability that the yeah. Holy Spirit. There's just a ton that he, he does, there's not a lot of limitation, yeah. you know, and it's important for us to understand this in order to take advantage sure. of what the Spirit wants to do. Sure, well, he, does, he wants to do everything for us. Amen. Uh, the Psalm says that the children of Israel limited the Lord in the wilderness. Um, we limit the Lord also through the Spirit of God. Yeah. And so he, he's here to make us more like Jesus and less like us. He's there to give us wisdom, knowledge, direction, strength comfort and if we yield to him then he will do all that and not when it's comfortable yeah but in difficult times and so but we're the ones that um that limit the lord in every way amen um it, it's interesting uh, the the holy spirit is going to instruct us jesus tells us we're going to be taught by the Holy Spirit. And at times people confuse the issue of normal human learning right. and the teaching that the Spirit of God brings to us. They, they confuse those two issues. Right. And that's important distinction, isn't it? Sure, sure. Well, you know, you've got, uh, again, we talked about, it, I think last time, you've got um, two extremes in the church. You've got um, um, the left-hand side of extreme Pentecostalism. Right. That um, they're born again. They come to the Lord, and but it's all emotion. It's all feeling. It's you know whatever is going on, and but there's no instruction of the Word of God. Yeah. And so people vacillate back and forth. They're living carnal lives. They're still drinking or whatever it is, and it's just there's no boundaries. Yeah. On the other end, you've got those who believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were only for the first apostolic church, and they make it very academic, very dry, and to them there's no distinction between being born again, the Spirit comes in you, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be going on continuously for empowerment, yeah. to be witnesses for Jesus. Uh, they say that's no such a thing, but then we see it completely through the book of Acts. Oh, yeah. Those that were born again were baptized over and over again. And maybe the okay. greatest example in Samaria. Yeah, absolutely. Where Philip preaches the gospel, people get saved, they get yeah. baptized, they're born again. Yeah, in the house of Cornelius, okay. the same yeah, thing. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. And so um, so you've got that, that aspect of it that um, on the right side, you've got all academic endeavor and not really believing and trusting the Spirit of God. And on the other extreme, you've got people that uh, say it's the Spirit, every nonsense thing they do. And it's all emotion and carnality. Amen. You know, but God is a God of order, so he gives us the Word of God, which is really our, 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 our master plan. And, and it tells us how we're to live and, and what we're allowed to do, what we're not to do, what is conformed to the Scriptures and what is not. And so it, he, he's not the other confusion. Amen. And so we always let the plumb line down the Word of God, and we know that it's the Spirit of God. We've, you know, we've been doing this broadcast for uh, 200, more than 200 episodes, yeah. and we always come back to that, the Word of God. Right. That's, that's the focal point. Without that, we're, you know, we don't have a, a rudder. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. That's if you've sure. just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. Today we're discussing the person and the work of the Holy Spirit with Pastor Xavier. We'll be right back with you after these messages. 
Calvary Chapel Pasadena invites you to an Easter celebration. Hi, this is Pastor Xavier. We want to invite you to our Good Friday services as well as the sunrise service at Victory Park. It's been two years since we've been able to get out there. We uh, have the permits, and we're going to go out there and celebrate the risen Lord. Don't let this world make you hopeless. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena for an Easter sunrise service at Victory Park, Pasadena, Easter Sunday, April 17th at 7 a.m. with additional indoor services at the church at 9 or 11.30 a.m. We'll also be gathering for Good Friday with worship led by special guest Lenny LeBlanc at Calvary Chapel, Pasadena on Friday, April 15th at 12 noon and 6 p.m. Get directions and all the details at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Come on, celebrate with us. Join Pastor Xavier Reese in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Details at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. Spurgeon said, morality may keep you out of jail, but it takes the blood of Jesus Christ to keep you out of hell. Somehow we think that we can balance the scales. The holiness of God demands His wrath, as you know, and therefore judgment must be executed, either through repentance or the wrath of God. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Have you ever wondered what the Bible says about the rapture or angels or even about life and death? Well, in the new doctrinal series of the Bible just released by Pastor Xavier Reese, you'll discover answers to these questions and so much more. In this brand new USB flash drive and MP3 audio format, you'll find over 50 messages included from a sermon series entitled, What About? You'll hear these full-length messages answering numerous questions about God, the scriptures, and the Christian faith. It's the What About? doctrinal series of the Bible, available now for just $19.99 plus shipping from the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. It's a PC-Mac compatible MP3 audio USB flash drive from Pastor Xavier Reese from his What About? doctrinal series for just $19.99 plus shipping. Available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. That's calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church. Hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Certainly a lot going on as we're heading into April, Pastor X. You're back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're talking about person and work of the Holy Spirit. And we're praying the Holy Spirit would work through... Uh, the uh, events coming up in the middle of this month. We're looking forward yes. to what this Sunday is Palm Sunday. Right. And then we have Good Friday on the 15th of April and the 17th is Easter Sunday. And thank the mm -hmm. Lord, we're back outside in the park yeah. for the first time yeah. in a couple of yeah. years. And those of you that are listening, you know, be in prayer because this, we've been locked out of the park for two years. Yes. And so uh, we're surprised that we were able to get the permit, so we're thankful. Pray that God would bring people. A lot of churches are locked down still. A lot of churches have gone woke, yeah. and they're even requiring their, uh, you know, their their believers to put on masks or to have um, vaccination vaccination cards. card, whatever. Yeah. Um, just pray that people come and hear yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and speaking of that, actually, this Thursday is our prayer and worship. Yes. Uh, Thursday night midweek. So if you're in the local area, come on out to the church Thursday night at seven and pray with us as yeah. we just, you know, a lot more people in church on uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday yes. than on a normal Sunday. Sure. A lot yes. of people need to hear the gospel. A lot of people recommitting their lives to Christ. Amen. People coming to faith yeah. in Jesus. So yeah. we do. We want to pray. Love Very it, important. It, yeah. John, I understand we have some questions that came in over the internet we do. for yeah. Pastor X. Uh, Maybe we can address those yeah, at this time? Yeah, via Instagram, a couple message questions here. Uh, the first one's from One Vegan Kitty One. Uh, do you think it's good to have bartering groups when they dismantle the dollar? That's the first question. Well, the thing is that <clears throat> as they're going to try to destroy the dollar, and that's where it's going. Um, that there's gonna, they're going to they're gonna try to grab hold of that organization and make the transition, whether it be to the Chinese uh, form of money or, or not, whatever it is. But for, if there's a time, then people just automatically do that. 
they, they barter. Um, when things fall apart, then people are going to exchange. You don't, I'll fix your car if you do this to my house. And that's the way it began when they came to, to America. And, and, um, and also, it creates a black market. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But we know that the scriptures that there'll be a, a, a transition. The government and the world is not going to let go of that money one way or the other. Yeah. There, that doesn't mean that there won't be bartering going on. There's bartering going on right now. Sure. So, you know, will it be greater or not? Maybe. Sure. There are even online services, I think, that do well, bartering oh, for really? people, exchange yeah. of service for goods yeah. and Interesting. things. Interesting. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, wow. Uh, the second question here is from Jujubean55. Explain what it means to be redeemed. Some say we are not fully redeemed until we are with Jesus. Well, the redemption is, first of all, the redemption through the atoning work of Jesus Christ. As he died for our sins, he became that sacrifice that God accepted on our behalf in our place. And so, spiritually speaking, he paid the price of our sins, and he came to redeem us, our spirits. Uh, we're fallen, so we repent from our sins, and he makes us new creatures. We become... Um, his sons and daughters. We have been redeemed from sin and death. But the ultimate redemption, final redemption, is that of our bodies. And so there's a two aspect. That which takes place here is we're born again and we live as Christians depending on Him. And then when we die, we're instantly present before the Lord. The body goes to the grave. And if the rapture happens tomorrow and you die today, then tomorrow your body will be raised up as the church is raptured up and transform on the way up. Mm -hmm. And so it is a twofold process. The most important is that if you're not, you're, you're not redeemed born again here, don't expect for the body to be redeemed <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be raised, but the condemnation. And so w whether you're born again or not will determine whether your body is raised for damnation or for eternal occupation with Jesus. The first resurrection yes. versus the second, right? Right, the yeah. first and second resurrection. Whether you show up at the Bema Seat or the White Throne. Yeah. yeah. Important Amen. distinctions. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. So as we're looking at the, pas the uh, passages in Scripture concerning the Holy Spirit, there, there seem to be a bunch of different ways that the Holy Spirit teaches believers, Pastor X. Yeah, well, in Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16, he says, I have not seen you, has not heard. Neither has it entered the heart of man things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. He goes on and he says that the natural man doesn't understand things of the spirit. Uh, they are, you know, unable to. And the spiritual man uh, understands all things and, and, and he has that. But then he finishes in verse 16 and we have the mind of Christ. And so he makes a distinction between the believer who has the mind of Christ, who has the Holy Spirit to instruct him. Mm -hmm. And he teaches us through doctrine, through uh, life experiences as we study the Word of God in many different ways. He's always instructing us. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that we have the ability to understand. Now, we're using our mind intellectually. We talked about the extremes of both sides. Right. So it doesn't mean that we don't use our mind. We use our mind, but we don't depend on our mind. There's a big difference. Um, he, he, he manifests the supernatural through the most natural means. So as I read, as I study, as I give myself to it, and I am asking the Holy Spirit to give me illumination, to give me direction and guidance. Amen. And I expect that. It's part of my life. And so he's directing and guiding and teaching. Sometimes when I'm opening the Bible and I'm studying for a sermon or whatever, other times I seek the Lord for my own life direction. And sometimes I'm just driving down the street or just walking around here and God speaks to me uh -huh. for my life, whatever it may be. Okay? That's so cool. He drops something in my heart and that's it. You know, sometimes I think it's God and it isn't, it's me. Yeah. And sometimes it's God and I think it's me, and I, or sometimes it isn't me and I think it's God. I mean, you know, <laughs> so I wait and see what God does, and I judge it by the Word of God, but He's constantly directing and guiding us. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that process because it really is a discipline to be able to take the time and invest the energy to know whether the Lord's speaking to you or not. And it, it's a process. If you, every time you thought the Lord was speaking to you, you jumped out and did things, right. it, it would make you look pretty foolish. Sure. And again, that's, that's another extreme that um, some Christians give a bad example yeah. to others. They always saying that God speaks to them all the time. You know, God told me this, God told me this to tell you, and God's going to, you know, it doesn't work like that. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
uh, if you look at the miracles and the things that are recorded in the book of Acts and that, uh, because you're reading them um, in a lump sum, but the, the time element is so far apart that it wasn't every day that these things were going on yeah. and in every situation. And, um, and, and so we have to be careful because um, so many, as I said, extreme Pentecostalism ascribes everything to God, the Holy Spirit of God, and much of it is nonsense. And so you have to be careful. Amen. Interesting, you know, the Holy Spirit works in the Scripture in such a powerful way. As you mentioned, you know, yes. as you're studying to teach a sermon, and the Lord will open your understanding. He really opens the Scripture to you, doesn't he? Sure, absolutely. We expect that, too. Yeah. It's not just um, leaning to our own understanding. You know, lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path, Amen. the Proverbs says. Uh, Joshua, uh, in one eight. As they're going into the promised land, he says, um, The book of the law shall not depart from you, uh, your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, and that you may observe to do according to all that is written, and for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That prosperity is not financial, as many mm -hmm. of the faith teachers teach. It's a yeah. corruption of the scripture. Yeah. It's spiritual prosperity. It's wealth with our life with Jesus Christ. Not automatically, that's going to make you more wealthy than before. You know, when I, was, uh, when I got saved um, in July of 73, I was just coming back from partying up north, and I, I, I came back, and, and um, through an eye accident, um, you know, I lost my eye, and as I came to the Lord. And um, the very first weekend, I had a lot more money in my pocket than I did the previous weekend. Uh, the minute you're born again, now you're not spending your money on booze, drugs, whatever stupid things you're doing. Uh, you're a better steward of it and everything else. And so automatically, you're going to have more money because you're making wiser decisions and yes. you're not just throwing it away. Amen. And that's very important. This is not to say Christians don't get themselves into financial trouble. No, no, no. If you're, that happens. if you're carnal, you'll be just like the world of not worse. Yeah, so, I mean, no we, have, we, have a, we have plenty of potential for stupidity. <laughs> As human beings. <laughs> it's interesting in, in 1 John, Pastor X, it tells us that as a believer, you have the anointing. Right. Is that the same thing as the Holy Spirit? Sure, yeah. He teaches all things. Okay. Now, <clears throat> some people try to use that, that that's why they don't need to go to church. Interesting. Okay? So they say, the Holy Spirit can teach me. I don't need to go to church. But the Bible is very clear. Forsake not the gathering of the saints as a manner of some as in the book of Hebrews. Yes. And so, again, everything in its context. You can prove anything from the Bible that you want to out of context. But if you're going to be honest and teach it and interpret it within the context, then it's going to be exactly as God intends it to be. And so you have to be careful. So does the Lord <clears throat> intend us that we should learn through other people, through teachers? Sure, absolutely. Otherwise, why would he give pastor teachers? Okay. Why would he give teachers? Yeah. Now, pastor teachers is, is a hyphenated... A word and it's for a pastor who is a teacher mm -hmm. and that's the main pastor the senior pastor you cannot be a pastor without being a teacher amen because your primary function is to teach the flock of God then there's another gift for just teachers okay. that they're not pastor teachers but they're teachers um, and uh, you, you need to instruct the people of God and so that's important uh, but we're depending on the Spirit of God to teach every one of us. So even though it, the Spirit does teach us, it doesn't contradict or give legitimacy that we don't have to come together as a church. Right. Um, that's totally off the wall. Uh, take it to the modern version of today. We have Internet, okay, and we have the benefit yeah. for those who are sick or maybe they couldn't make it for whatever reasons or maybe they're far away and they look at a service and that's fine. But if, if you're at home and you're having church or you're going to church every Sunday, every midweek at home, shame on you. Yeah. You're, you're missing out on You're important. to come and join yourself with the body. Amen. That's not what the Internet yeah. is for. Yeah. You come and you join yourself to the church. Well, I mean, if the, the Holy Spirit of God is using and gifting an individual to teach, it, it's still the Spirit sure. teaching. Absolutely, yeah. Amen. And again, the protection is, I as a pastor teacher, my authority over people is limited by the Scriptures. Amen. And the authority of people to try to challenge me 
or to try to usurp my position is also protected by the scriptures. Yeah. So it's a limitation. It's a protection both ways. And people are to mark what the pastor says, examine it according to the scripture in this context, and if they have legitimate questions or doubts, there should be no reason why they can't ask him, and they, he should not get upset over the question. Amen. And it's a mutual agreement, and so there's no problem with that. That's but an it, important relationship, yeah, isn't it? But it must be the scripture that is the ultimate yes. deciding factor, Amen. not the pastor. And, 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 you know, I think sometimes people in church are too passive, and they miss out by not... If they have questions, they have sure. a legitimate concern about yeah. something. I mean, for instance, the teaching you do on Sunday... And they have, fortunately for us, they have opportunity to approach you. Sure. And, and you talk to people every week who have sure. issues. Sure. And again, a, a pastor can't meet with everybody. That's why you have other pastors. That's why we're available anytime they want. They can come in and talk to us. They talk to one of us, ask yeah. any questions. You know, we're all here. Um, we, we want them. I don't think we've ever turned anybody away in 42 years that asked a question or wanted to come in and talk. Um, or that anybody has ever had a difficult time coming in. Uh, we make ourselves available in every way, and that's what the church does. And even in that context, you know, we're expecting the Holy Spirit to be Absolutely. present, to oh, give us understanding. Absolutely. And sometimes you talk to a person, and communication is difficult. Yeah. You know, you just, they, you can't quite understand what they're trying to tell you, and they may have the same problem on the other end, and you really need God's Spirit yeah. to give you that clarity to be able to, uh, you know, for the Lord yeah. to be revealed in yeah. that situation. Well, a lot of that is confused also with the, um, uh, with the uh, introduction of professional counseling that yeah. came in the 70s yeah. with a lot of psychology. Um, Jane Dobson is probably the greatest culprit for that yeah. as he tried to integrate and, and did so in many people's lives um, with equal authority of Scripture, which is completely wrong. Yeah. It's really blasphemous. Well, I mean, the idea was um, that pastors are not really qualified. Right. And that's what to people have issues. learned. And, and if, if you're born again, you have the authority to be able to minister and the ability to minister to any other Christian. Amen. Now, your ability to minister to another Christian is not that you have gone through what they've gone through. No. The ability to do that is because you're born again, you're using the scripture, and you're trusting the power of the Spirit of God, and you have that authority and that right. Amen. It's very important. You have to be careful with relation, relational theology that was taught through counseling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Is that um, if, if, you know, they have the saying in the world, you, you know, you, you, haven't, you have to walk a mile in my shoes before you know me. So in other words, if a person's a drug addict, if I've never been in drugs, I really can't know what he's going through. That's stupid. Yeah, it is. Or uh, if, let's just say, uh, homelessness or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. Well, you may not know exactly what a person is feeling, but that's yeah. not the criteria. No, the, the criteria is that they have to trust the Lord Jesus yeah, Christ and that God Amen. has to transform their life. That's right. Otherwise, you are moved by your emotions, by the human frailty, and uh, you're looking and looking at the person as having good intentions all the time. Well, that's not what the Bible says. No. And so my ability to share with someone that... Um, if, 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 their, if their husband or wife committed adultery on them and they come back and they say, I am so sorry, I repent of my sin, can you please forgive me? Mm -hmm. And they're both Christian, or even if one of them is a non-believer. And if they want to forgive their mate, mm -hmm. they can. There is not an obligation to divorce them. They have the right, yeah, they do. but they're not commanded to do so. Mm -hmm. And so I communicate to them that that is their personal choice on what they make that decision. Either way, God will honor it. But my ability to minister to them is not because I have committed adultery against my wife or her no. against me. No. And so you have to be real careful of that, okay? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you neutralize every believer. And you look into these quote-unquote professionals, which lies are sometimes more messed up than yours. Yeah. And so it's ridiculous. Well, you know, they say, and I, I mean, we, I don't know how accurate statistics, statistics are often used as an opportunity for people to stretch the truth, but statistically, people in 
psychological counseling and psychiatry have higher rates of suicide yes. than and many, many other professions. Yes. But you know, Pastor X, what you were, the example that you gave there really illustrates how dependent we are on the Holy Spirit right. because you can share that information, right. but then the Spirit of God has to speak to the yes. individual. Absolutely. They have to know what God wants them yeah. to do. It's their responsibility as unto the Lord. Very important. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Are there other ways the Holy Spirit works to instruct us or, or maybe even to work through us in the scripture, Pastor X? Well, again, he uses the word of God. That's important. That is the basis of everything. Um, he will guide us. He will reprove us. Mm -hmm. He will uh, chasten us. Uh, you know, Paul the Apostle was uh, directed by God's Holy Spirit by closing doors. Amen. That's By right. By not preaching. In the book of Acts. Okay. And, and, and then in Asia. And then he got a vision from Man Macedonia. And then the Holy Spirit of God made an impression upon him that this was for him to go to Europe. So God guided him by closing doors and the vision and the direction. And yeah. so God will do many different things. He will give us a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You know, I think about the Apostle Paul and his knowledge of the Scripture. You know, there, it may, it's possible that the Apostle Paul actually had the whole Old Testament committed to memory. Right. Because Pharisees routinely did that. Sure. What an amazing thing. Yeah. But the, the cool thing about the Spirit of God is it says that he will bring things to our remembrance. Right. Right. And that's an important part of it. Yeah, so we got to put it in there. The thing is, if we're not, the minute we're born again, we, we're to read the Word of God and to be taught the Word of God. So it's just like a, a baby being born, you know, the mom brings them home and cares for them. And then they start kindergarten and first grade and you're, 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 you're taking steps to be refined, matured and everything else. The same thing with the, with, in the Lord. You're born again. You need to start reading and pray that God will speak to your heart through the Holy Spirit. You join yourself to a church and you get involved and you're growing, you're maturing, you're learning more and more and more. Um, you take book by book, verse by verse and you go through it and you're moving towards adulthood in the Lord Amen. so that God can use you, so he can speak to you, so your ear be tuned to the Lord and that he can guide your steps. That's very, very important. Got to be one of the reasons that we're so um, encouraging people to participate in inductive Bible study because yes. they, they get the whole scripture. Absolutely. Yeah. They get everything. Yeah. Topical studies are, are, are all right, but they're not the way to get the best nourishment. Yeah. Uh, best ways to go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, and, and make sure you get the whole counsel of God. Uh, and then always to be in a good Berean, uh, Acts 17, 11, to examine, to find out if the things are so. Yeah. So when I, when I sit in the pew, I don't sit in the pew passively. I sit in the pew attentively, marking down, learning, accepting what is being said, and if there's any questions, I examine to make sure those things are so. Yeah. I don't just swallow hook, line, and sinker. Because pastors make mistakes. Pastors make mistakes. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, um, I mean, they're, they're sincere. They're not trying to deceive, but they haven't hit the mark right. Amen. Uh, every pastor is, is capable of that. So, you know, there's things that have, through the years that I've grown more, and I've changed in terms of my interpretation of a verse or, or passage, because you hopefully are growing. Amen. And all that. And you acknowledge that from the pulpit. That's very important for your people. Yeah. That you as a pastor say, you know, this is what I used to teach for this reason. And I was wrong. Okay. Now this is the context and this is why we believe that this is what it's really saying. And, we, and that's important. Just like when you acknowledge your own shortcomings to your son or your daughter at home. And yeah. you ask them, or you do something and, and you say, can you, can you please forgive me? You are teaching your children an incredible lesson for life. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're all fallible. There's an order of respect and honor and all that, but um, we have to humble ourselves. Very, very important. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to go to a church where the pastor's never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that, might be, that might be difficult. Although that's kind of what the disciples had, learning from Jesus, right. that that was different. Right. <laughs> a little different, huh? Yeah, important. You know, it really is, and it had to be so amazing to these apostles, Pastor X, when they saw step by step and the Holy Spirit brought to their remembrance the things that Jesus said and they laid it out. I mean, the Holy Spirit just opens your understanding. Yeah, yeah. and that's why it's so important to study um, 
in John 14, 15, and 16. Yeah. He, he lays it all out about the Holy Spirit teaching us, bringing things to our remembrance, uh, convicting the world of sin, of righteousness, everything. Yeah. But he uses the Word of God, and that's what's very important. And so we have to look to the Lord, the Spirit of God, um, uh, high priority, uh, certain things um, um, to bring our remembrance, all those things. Yeah. And so you got to put it in before you can bring it up. Yes. It's like the computer stuff, you know, you have your hard drive and all that, but you've got your, your information, you know, the software. that needs to be launched. And so um, whatever God puts in, he'll bring it out to the Spirit of God. And, you know, we get impressed with all these computers and how we can just, at the flick of a finger, you know, bring up things and line them all up. And it is impressive. It makes it look smart, but we're not. <laughs> <clears throat> but the average mind, we're creating the image and likeness of God, even in a fallen nature, the average mind puts the shame every in any computer. Mm -hmm. Amen. But the, um, the massive information that's in your mind and the availability of the instant uh, you think of something and all of a sudden it takes you back 50 years and you're there in emotions, feelings, everything. And it's just an amazing thing. Yeah, you my know? dad and I were listening to this podcast with Steve Wozniak, one of the co-founders of Apple. He, you know, he basically mm -hmm. invented the personal computer. You know, he's the guy who did it, right? And, and uh, he was just talking about all sorts of things, tech. And he mentioned the uh, Tesla, how he owns one, but he was saying it's dangerous sometimes on the road the way the things it does and he was point was that we don't know how the human brain works you know nobody yeah, does it's true and i it's just true. thought that was interesting yeah. it is amazing yeah. and even and even beyond that the really cool thing i mean the lord knows how the human brain sure. works mm -hmm. sure. and mm -hmm. so it's so amazing to be in a situation and have the Lord bring things to your remembrance sure. mm -hmm. right. and to work with your brain. Right. And again, that's yeah. because the spirit of man is dead and when he's born again, is made alive. Yes. So the connection is made. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's like there's a, the computer that wires off. Yeah. Okay, and once you plug it in, now it can make programming or whatever it yes. is. And the same thing with us, we're spiritually dead. Once we're born again, our spirit's alive. Now we have access to understand God's Word. We have access uh, to God. He has access to us, um, to each other, and, and that's the miracle of it, you know? That's what we're called new creatures in Christ Jesus, sons and daughters of God. And it's just an amazing thing. Some of you may be out there and not um, um, uh, understanding, perhaps, if you're not born again, but God would have you to know that He loves you, He died for you, and that he is able to take your life and forgive you for your sins and to make you a new creature through Christ Jesus. And that's very important. But only you can make that decision if you believe that you are a sinner. The Spirit of God will show you you're a sinner, whether you agree with him or not, and you ask Christ to forgive you. That's your decision. And um, he will uh, allow you to have that capability and so that if you reject it, when he judges you, you have no excuse for it. So if you're out there asking to forgive you your sin, to come into your heart, and he will do exactly that and make you a child of God. And so the world makes it complicated, but Jesus makes it real simple. And so uh, lift your heart to him. He's there to forgive you and to save you. So keep it as simple as you can. Amen. God bless and, you guys. you know, so grateful. The opportunities before us is... Uh, Good, good Friday and Easter, please pray that yeah. uh, the Lord would touch the hearts of many people. Hey, we don't know, you know, no man knows the day or the hour. Yeah. And so we're all on borrowed time here. And we're praying the Lord would yeah. just do that great work. Yeah, the Lord is good. So keep everything in prayer. And again, for those of you who are believers, you're out there. And, uh, you know, keep growing and being part of the church. Don't just sit at home. Don't be taken by fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Simple, simple, simple. God bless you. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed encouraged and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. 
For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.